With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Pod 281, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing board you needs, go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And JCIS. Oh, hang on. What's, what are we doing now? Um, I've been through a bit of a rebrand. Oh. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm do you like, know anyone that does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I paid myself. What, um, what, what, what well, do you want to say? A lot, a lot has changed. It's going to change the whole jingle. It's just going uh, no, to... You're going to have to find a new one, if it, it, or it could be the same one. It could be still I Will. But um, I've done the amazing change, but like Prince, right. gone from name to... Lo- the no. artist formerly known as JCIS. It's from JCIS to the revolutionary JC and Associates. <laughs> Sounds massive, but a lot, of, a lot has changed. JCAA. There you go, yeah. JCAA. Yeah. But I like the fact you call it a jingle when it is in fact one of four people saying I will. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, there is also a new um, new website. Okay. JCAssociates.com. Oh, sorry, I, I, even I got it wrong there. JCAssociatesLondon.com. <laughs> okay. Oh, good, good start. Oh, Endicott's going to be Right, really let's get back to this then. Right, so we're also sponsored by right. JC and Associates, the brand consultancy from South London. Are we still doing that? Well, it's kind of, um, it's, that's, that's the reason why there was a change. It, it's that, it's more, I'm doing more kind of leadership work now around branding. The leadership work from oh. South London. Could you help? Le- yeah. Yeah. Could you help yeah. Can't we just call it's, him JC and the Sunshine Band? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, do you know what? We'll work on this before the next We're going to work on it, exactly. We but will. the website again is? jcassociateslondon.com. Oh, hang on, so I'll say that. So visit jcassociateslondon.com. I will. There we go. It works. We got there. It, works. it does work. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, so, yeah. If anything, I say it's better. Yeah, yeah. I actually rebranded two years ago, but was so scared about coming on here. <laughs> so, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, well, obviously, John Curran's here. Hey, <laughs> good to be here. Kevin Day. Hello. How are you? All right, thank you. And now we're in the quarterfinal of the Emirates FA Cup. We are. As, oh, we're, wow. as we're doing the branding, we've got to call it that all the way through, <laughs> now, haven't we? Do we get paid if we say that? Uh, probably not as much as we get from John. <laughs> no, of course not. No idea. Um, and Adam Sells. Hello. How are you? Very good, thank you, sir. Um, right. So, actually, speaking of the FA Cup, mm. Palace obviously beat Donny at the weekend. Mm. Sells and I only saw one of the goals because uh, we got there late because mm. a lot of the trains were screwed. And then we turned up and there were still 4,000 fans there. We thought no one would be there. 
I, the, the fans, and I'd like to say this right at the top, the, what a magnificent display from the Palace fans. Yeah. To the extent that I think a lot of people thought uh, that game was the, you know, that was the one chance of an upset. The BBC were really pushing all that. This, this is the big game. Doncaster fans are brilliant. To the extent that I think the commentator must have mentioned it seven or eight times. He had no choice but to mention the Palace fans because all yeah. you could hear yeah. was Palace fans. They were magnificent, absolutely yeah. brilliant, all of them. And it probably emanated outwards from the HF, I don't know. but whatever. They were definitely there but, in the middle, but, but yeah, it doing was, their thing. It was fantastic. And uh, I genuinely think it's one of those rare things where the Doncaster players would have come out full of it and gone, oh, hang on, this is a proper game. With yeah, proper, yeah. These are proper fans. This is a proper atmosphere. Well, there was a bit of criticism right. online. We're talking about for the pod, weren't they? People, I guess, of other clubs saying it was a bit embarrassing, a bit well, muggy was a word I saw chucked about. The main thing we were talking about before the pod, off the back of Selzy's loving with Brighton, was the fact that you like Watford. <laughs> I don't, so I've got never two said of, I like Watford. You said you two, your best mates are Watford fans. That, you love them. Didn't say they're my best mates. Rookery Mike. And or just whatever. because, just hi Mike. And just because <laughs> doesn't, doesn't listen, doesn't listen. Just because I got mates as Watford doesn't mean I like those. Yeah, of course it does. No, it doesn't. You've got, you've got to make I a choice. Mean, Watford, you're okay, you've got to make a choice. I was just all I was saying to you was you, you twisted you my words. Scarf, you you twisted my words big time. All I said was all I said was I was probably the one Palace fan delighted we got Watford away in the next round because it's twenty minutes from my house. Yeah, that's the only reason. I, st- I don't in live Watford, here in Watford. Watford Street, Watford. <laughs> One, next, Watford next Road. Next Street. Oh, I, I, went, I actually <laughs> nearly went past Vicarage Road after I dropped you off on Sunday night. Yeah. When I got home at 1am in the morning from Doncaster. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Good effort. Appreciate the lift. Um, uh, yes, you're right. Some uh, other fans were criticising. But it's just jealousy, isn't it? I think so, John. Yeah, you know, who, who was the big guy? There was there was a palace, one of the palace with this, fans, this sort of skull, yeah, with a off. shirt off yeah. and was built like Hercules. Uh, my guess <laughs> that is, was me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Ed and I watched this, and we we thought he might be Eastern European, judging what? by his, his size and his demeanour. But he was he was he was quite a compelling young man. Whatever he was, yeah, it scared yeah, me, and I wasn't good. there. I was watching on TV. <laughs> there, there, there is actually a really good YouTube little video made about ten minutes long by a young Bolton fan. And yes. she went to the game. She was doing a whole thing about pricing. Oh, and, you okay. know, it really, I mean, she, I hope someone snaps her up and gives her, she was brilliant. But she was talking about the, how much it costs to go to a game nowadays mm. and, and was telling it up a, a burger costs this. And, um, but then basically all the documentary is on the Palace fans. And she was there just going, this is amazing. And she kind of, I think she said the, made the quote of, it's like, being in Europe or seeing yeah. a European, you know, yeah, yeah. fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go to it. Bolton fan. I forgot her name, but it is definitely worth watching. She's brilliant. Well, I like the fact that Luca as well referred to the Tribune, which is what they call the home end in Eastern European football grounds. Oh, really? So he said, yeah, our, our fans were they had the whole Tribune. So that's like official, the, um, yeah, common. What's but there was praise it, from Luca. I can't remember. Sylvia. Somebody made a point. There was a documentary recently about praising European football fans. And then you've got a, a club a, like Palace who haven't consciously mimicked European football fans but have become the closest thing to them. And yet other fans are still complaining about it. It's like we, it, we, we bring our own atmosphere to every ground we go to. And it's interesting what you talk about that girl from Bolton. But there's still an assumption. Like my, I've got cousins all over the country who support various teams who somehow it doesn't occur to them that people, London football fans are uh, spending money. They all think that we're millionaires, so that it doesn't cost us money to go to Doncaster on a Sunday or Watford or, yeah. or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. That we can afford as many pints of beer as we want. It doesn't occur to them that there's an effort that we're making the same effort, and everyone else gets praised. It's like all the Man United fans are praised for going to Chelsea on 
Monday, and yeah. it's fair play to the ones that did come from Manchester, but you know, we our fans are as good as anybody in the country. And same for any London. There'll be other yeah, London clubs, course, you know, going up and down the country. Um, the the name of that YouTube channel is Stunt Peg. Oh, nice. Apparently, okay. so if you Google, put one. that into YouTube, or literally, I just put in Doncaster Palace, and it was the first thing that came up. So, that's, and I think we put it on your our Twitter. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we put it on our Twitter and Facebook as well. So um, definitely worth checking out. Um, I've got a few questions actually. We've got loads of questions about Donny We've got loads of questions about FA Cup in general, which I'm going to come on to in part two. And people talking about the Watford game. How many Max Mayer questions but, after uh, our discussion on Friday? There is a few. There's we a had few, a discussion, JCI. Oh, no, it's not. Um, I'll have to learn not to call you JCI. JC. JC and the Sunshine Band yeah. We had Max Mayer was the source of a discussion on, on the last pod, which is very interesting. Was well, that on Friday? Yeah. I, I was seeing uh, the other podcast bloke, James Endicott, yeah. um, DJ at the Tate Morton. Was, oh, yeah, was he? What was he playing? Japanese jazz. Spiritual Japanese jazz, of course, oh, as you yeah. do there. Um, Norwegian surf music. A lot, a lot of good reggae. Right, okay. Bit Norwegian, of hip-hop. Norwegian surf music. Right. Yeah, Norwegian surf music. <laughs> some Polish music, the whole lot. But um, it was a good night. Good stuff. Okay, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> so you really didn't That's listen. probably off course. I wish I'd gone, actually. Max Ware was By the way, Jim, did you see the fellow that wrote underneath when you posted our picture at Doncaster that he thought we were still wearing masks? <laughs> Which I thought was double harsh, by the way. It's actually very harsh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's another reason I hate Andy Street. So, um, let's move on to questions. Um, Mark Skeens. Hi, Mark. Says after a thoroughly grown up controlled win at Doncaster, are we in danger of losing the soul of our club? By rights, <laughs> we should have conceded an absurd own goal, missed two penalties, and had Dan sent off for impersonating an owl. It's very specific. It was an easy watch. Uh, it was strange, wasn't it, Giants? It's considering it's not a makeshift defence, but Doncaster have scored a lot of goals this season. That one lad out up front, I think, scored twenty four. They're a good attack. I, I was amazed by how comfortable we were. And we, we were. It's difficult for the BBC because obviously they're selling it as the potential shot. Yeah, yeah. And after nine minutes, they had to admit how much in control of the game we were. But I, yeah, I, it was. I, I'm not was, sure I was ever really worried. And when he got Roy in charge, I just felt like those are the kind of games only, that he just knows how to manage a team through. They had three shots on target in the second half, two of which came from Schluck giving the ball away, and one from Dan giving the ball away. There's nothing that they created of their own yeah. back that led to a shot on goal. So, Which is not to say they're not a good team. They have been a good team. But we were just we were just a division and a half above them, which is yeah. not, we don't always play like that. Scored yeah. at the right times as well, didn't we? Not that yeah. there's a bad time to score, like I said to you on Sunday, but if you score early in the game, sort of knocks the, takes the wind out of their sails. I was going to use a bit of South London terminology there for it. Um, and then just before half-time, they're both very good times to score and such you know they would have been thinking about what they're going to be saying and doing at half time yeah. and then the second goal so I think we probably in terms of game management we were helped by both of those the, well, the timing of both goals you know yeah. I thought because you know JD loves Schluppy we've ascertained that Schluppy and Watford fans are his two big he's his growing his on me love. too I have to say me or Schluppy I just thought well, John, for you, to be I, fair. I just thought <laughs> John, I thought because you know Doncaster knocked the ball about for the first seven or eight minutes looked quite comfortable and then it was like Schlupp had said it's like almost Luca had said to Schlupp just go and show him yeah. what division we're in <laughs> and basically it's like Schlupp he went oh can you do this oh no you can't <laughs> exactly, yeah. and it was the same right at the end it was almost like 
they waited till the final seconds to score that goal. It's just like conjuring it out of nothing. And what a lovely Max Mayer goal clever. machine, obviously. What a clever goal it was, though. Yeah. It was, well, Luke, I love that thing about Luca telling Schlupp, go on then. Because yeah. so, actually, if you look at that goal, and then he says, look, I'll get the ball for you. <laughs> yeah. Right, just hold on a second, mate. Yeah. Right, I've got it. All right, yeah, now run. Yeah. You know, go on that. And then the second goal again, Luca. Yeah. Oh, he was super. Uh, it was a lovely ball, but... Yeah, I mean, Palace just didn't... I haven't seen a game where Palace didn't really have to get out of a, yeah. out of the first gear. No, so we didn't long. let them get up ahead of steam because of the timing of the goals. You know, they're going to come out roaring, you get an early goal. Second half, they had a little bit of a spell, and yeah. I said to Jim, they're going to have to score in this spell if they're going to yeah. do anything, and they didn't, and it sort of fizzled out. And they weren't very... They, they had no one you thought who could hurt us. I mean, it, there wasn't that one player that... Could well, they something. talked about Coppinger, didn't they? And they talked about the, the strikers. You know, John Marquis. John Marquis, yeah. yeah. They said he's scoring for fun at that level. But it's like, turns out, even though it's Palace, there is a difference between yeah. top of League One and halfway oh, up the was, was there a player look like Bale? That's him, Marquis. That's, that's Marquis. Because yeah, someone so said to him, like him the some, Aldi Bale. Yeah. Someone said to him, you look like Bale. Yeah. And he, <laughs> I bet he could have thought, hmm, <laughs> maybe I'll grow my hair long. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. He looks like Andy Carroll as well. Yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah, poor guy. I bet their um, bank accounts don't look too similar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, listen, look, on Schluppy, I just, I, f- I feel like we talk about him a lot recently, but he deserves it. He's been so good recently, and he was good on, on Sunday. Ben Allen Hi, ben. has said, with Shut playing so well at the moment, who is a better partner for Luca in the middle, Jimmy Mack or Kiate? Mm-hmm. I, w- I still wouldn't start with Schlupp. We've, we've been through You still this. wouldn't start with Schlupp? I'm going to have to give you a couple of stats here, Kev, because well, no, I've, I've, I've been doing I, my no, homework. I, 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 um, <laughs> everything that Danny Murphy said about Schlupp on Sunday was absolutely right, that he looks comfortable in the left side of a midfield three. I agree yeah. with that. But defensively, it, like I said before, three mistakes, one in the first half, two in the second half, he's, and he's making mistakes at that level. Defensively, He's, I'd, I just wouldn't start with him. I simply wouldn't. And I'm not saying I would start with Mayer. But do you but think, think if you've got... games in the Premier League, it's got to be Kiati, Luca, and MacArthur. It's got to be. If and you... I know he's scoring goals, but I just think he's a great op- option to come off the bench. But I, I'm, and I'm not saying he's not a good player. Well, can you not then let him free him up into that kind of more attacking role, which he seems to be playing in, which a lot of people wanted Maya to play in? And because we've talked before about maybe Maya defensively isn't as good. Mm-hmm. Why not let Schluppy do that and have your Kiates and your Lucas behind doing all the, the defensive dog work and let Schluppy go forward? Because clearly he's, he's good at that. He's our second top goal scorer. Well, that's the, not saying a lot the in stat, our team, is uh, it? The stat on that is that uh, I did it the other day. He scored a goal every 2.8 games for the minutes that he's been on the pitch this season, which is our best by mm. quite a distance. So I, I, it's funny we're having this conversation because I've written a piece for the South London Press on Friday and it was all about this, you know, Luca uh, Kiate I thought would be the mainstay of our midfield and then it's either Schlappi, MacArthur, Mayer and obviously the striker is also a contentious one with the fans which is interesting because everyone's talking about play your best team against Watford yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet if I asked the three of you what your best team is we'd all have four different yeah. teams which yeah. is quite something you know, um, no the schlup it's like the schlup question isn't it really I mean it's <laughs> it's Brexit and sh- should Schlepp start and that's what's that's, that's what's keeping me awake at night and it seriously it's is it's now independent uh, yeah I mean it's, I'm having arguments <laughs> with my teenage sons about I'm just wondering with the 
the next game, the Leicester game, I could see I can see Schlupp starting that, but I couldn't see Max Mayer Most starting. Time, yeah. I think Leicester away, I could see why Jimmy Mack would start that as well. You know, I think Hodgson, those, you, and Sills, you'd probably know this better, I think Hodgson is suddenly in love with Schlupp. I mean, I think he's yeah. somebody who wasn't in his plans as a midfield. Although he started the first game at Fulham, the left side and scored and scored, but didn't look particularly strong. I think Hodgson. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does start against Leicester. I'm just thinking. I think he shouldn't away from home in a in a Premier League game. On current form, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, think it's brilliant. What Selby says, at least we can have this argument. It was this time last season we couldn't have the argument. Very true. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I think I think you true. also when you're managing a 25 man or 24 man squad or whatever we have. I know that we've got a couple that are under 21. Um, you have to. I think if you really want the respect to the other players as the manager, you have to also reward people that are in form. Yeah. And I always think that there are, if you're asking me ordinarily, if I had to pick the best 11 players for Crystal Palace, right? not right now as in what I think of them overall as players, perhaps Jeffrey Slup wouldn't be in that 11. Hmm. But I'm also of the view that when somebody's in form and doing very well, and who knows, he's 26 now, maybe mm. he's just maturing into the player that he's going to be and he's hitting his peak years and we're going to see an emergence of a very good player. I, I don't know. But he's certainly given us a lot of drive in there and he carries the ball well, he can finish. I mean, he was a, a prolific goal scorer, I understand, as a kid, as a forward in Leicester's uh, yeah. youth team. and. He has a good eye for goal, and you can see he can finish. I mean, he's. I I think at the moment he he's worthy of his place in the team, and I think if again, if you want to get that level of respect with everybody, somebody gets injured and somebody else comes in and does well, or whatever it, whatever the suspension, whatever the circumstances may be, I think sometimes as a manager, you've even got to go with form, even if you don't think it's necessarily your best team or your best players because that's the only way you keep everybody on side in in one way and I, I don't subscribe to this view which a lot of people you hear when they talk about managers he doesn't know his best team mm. I actually think it's a bad thing to know your best team because it actually means there isn't enough competition in your squad yeah. if you can pick it very easily I mean when Alan Pardew was in charge the same 11 players when everyone was fit were selected for every game virtually mm. there was very rarely much change in that. And I think it's a good thing that you've got 17, 18, 19, 20 players that are really competing and then a few others. And in all honesty, you know, is it, are we much weaker when Scott Dan plays instead of James Tompkins? I'm not sure. You know, well, I, I put it, the frustrating thing about picking players on form is that you've got defenders are on form. We've got five midfield players who are on form and we only need three. We haven't got any strikers who are on form. So you yeah. could argue, well, find somewhere else for slightly, you know, because Batshuayi is too early to say yet, but Ayu and Benteke are clearly out of sorts. They were on Sunday. But you still have to pick one of them. You will still pick one of Benteke or Batshuayi to start away at Leicester, even in form or out of form. So that's where it gets slightly, the, the waters get slightly muddied because you've got, midfield players who are playing well like you say you've got a choice you could argue that place for Kelly if you wanted you could argue none, yeah, yeah. Of, none of the defence looked out of place against Tottenham let alone against 
Doncaster, and it's, again, it's a good problem to have. But well, if only yeah. we had the same problem, you know, if only we had two fifteen goal scorers <laughs> to choose from, then we'd be much happier about life than we are. Maybe. Well, on my uh, JC, can I put you a couple of questions? Steve Blackmore Hi, Steve. says, Steve. "Do the panel feel that Maya did enough on Sunday to convince Roy that he should start on Saturday at Leicester?" And Stephen O'Brien said, "Despite scoring, does Max Maya's inability to disrupt play mean that Jimmy Mack is still very much in the first eleven? Do, do you think he did enough?" Um, I think some people gave him man of the match and there yeah. was a little bit, it goes back to your points you said, Selzy, around the kind of Johnny Williams and Barry Bannon kind of mould of player yeah. who are good ballers and is ever five aside. I, I thought he did really well. I mean, he played well, but it was against Doncaster. And so I'm, I'm not, he isn't top of mind that he should be starting. I think it's Schlupp MacArthur who are the two who are going to have to see who gets the Bash place out. Yeah. yeah and my, my feeling would be Luca and Coyote KRT yeah. started see that's the, 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 you sound exactly like my dad all the way through the game I kept saying he kept saying oh Schlupp's playing well wasn't he and I'm going yeah it's Doncaster dad and all the way through I kept going man it's man of the match for me he's going yeah it's Doncaster so I'm like, dad you can't you can't just keep saying Doncaster he said you do I said it doesn't matter but then I mean but my, I, thought, my I couldn't I, do it against Grimsby I, 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 but I thought my, the thing is if you say that Schlupp had a, a, a really good game and it's Donkey, you have to admit that May did as well. Scored a goal. I thought, I, th- he I thought he was fine. I thought he was. I thought he was more than fine. I thought he was. He made himself available for every pass. He took the ball in difficult situations. He was always looking to be positive again. And yeah. if you talk about his defensive capability, it's exactly the same as Schlupp. There's not. Yeah. For me, May is a, a no, just I a better sloppy defensive. I don't. I just, I just yeah. He's played a left back a lot and centre back. He's well. played a wing, but yeah, but still, yeah, I think it, he'd be a more solid citizen. There's in mistakes. That he's, it, there's a mistake in him. I tell you, with the three shots out on target, three of them came from Sloppy's giving the ball away. I feel Sloppy's probably got a bit more strength. Physical Meyer. strength, maybe, yeah. yeah, but I don't but think he's got any more discipline than Meyer in terms of. I don't, which is I why don't I'd play him in that more attacking role and free mm, him up a little bit. Yeah. I think yeah. Sloppy actually is the the strongest in terms of the dead weight lifting in the gym and all that sort of stuff. Right. From what I gather, he's a oh, little really? bit of a powerhouse. Yeah. God, I love Sloppy. Well, you, you, you'd have been surprised actually because Julian sometimes talks to me about a few of these gym tests and stuff because. He, you know, he because he was actually this. Julian was actually the strongest dead weight lifter until Jeffrey Slap came, and he well, said he's he just a man. absolute <laughs> beast like and can uh, and can do it. Um, but he's a, obviously a very strong, powerful, dynamic player, Jeffrey Slap. And I think you know they've all got their qualities. Mm. Maya, yeah, they do. Like, yeah. As I said last week when we were together you know you can you can see the pros and cons you know yeah. no one's saying he's a bad footballer or he lacks quality or whatever it's just whether it may be one step too far to have Wilfred and Max right, Meyer yeah. from a defensive point of view in the same side you know so, that, that 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 might be rubbish but that would be a concern until you see it and see it out and and as I said you know it's a I think at the moment the fan base want eighteen players to play every yeah, game, so yeah. it's a it's quite a it's a good problem. It's a good headache to have, and I think it's great that we can sit here and debate the the pros and cons. And like Kev said about the striker, if you're asking me, Bakary Sacco was our best striker last season out of the ones that played. Uh, we haven't seen him play yet uh-huh. as a striker since he's been cup tied yet. So again, and I know Roy's a big fan of Bakary Sacco. So I think, you know, th- there's still arguments there that he might 
grabbed that opportunity. He scored twice at Leicester last season, didn't he? So he, he scored, scored one, one, he got one. the third yeah, really goal nice off goal, the post, yeah. yeah. I, so we're we assuming then that it's, it's Luca and Kiate. I think so. Nailed on. I, yeah. Mm, I'm not for 100% me, yeah. sure, but for me, I would, whatever happens now, based on form, of course, but those two give you such a platform to go and win football matches yeah. and protect the back four, that which are, are very good as well in their own right. But if you've got those as a back six, if you like, my argument may be that you could play with two strikers. That's, that's my point. And, yeah. and, and two wide players. Would but and Batshuayi you'd play? Yeah. Or, right. or, you know, A&A, you know, there are, you've got, but in 4-3-3 at the moment, he's got, Benteke, Wickham, Sacco, AU, uh, Wilf, Townsend, oh, yeah. Batshuayi. Yeah. He's got he's got two players for, for he's got six players there as uh, you know as his. I thought that was really options. interesting talking about um, Wickham. Is that Luca mentioned him three times? Yeah, did in he his, in his post match interview three times? He said about the, the striking options now because they mentioned Batshuayi and three times he said. When Wickham comes back, we've we've got oh, a lot of good. choices to make, and yeah. whether that was deliberately, you know, to to boost his ego or what, or whether he's just basing it on the fact he's a good player. But because we talked on Friday about it, seemed that Wickham injury notwithstanding was on the back burner slightly now. Yeah, so that was really good. It's really positive that Luca said that. And also speaking of Luca, the BBC on Five Live six oh six was shameful, trying to turn Luca's Luca was asked about priorities and he said we want the, we'd love to win the FA Cup of course mm. we would for these fans but in the end the, the important thing is staying up and yeah. 606 tried to turn that into a Palace dismissed Cup as irrelevant <laughs> trivial Roy got asked Steve that a lot Claridge, after the game Steve as well yeah. going, and it was just like you just want to sh- I, I almost revert to phoning up because <laughs> it was pathetic it really was pathetic the way they took it out of context because I thought all three Palace players who spoke afterwards were Palace really? players normally, when they do their post match, are very kind of yeah, good at that kind right. of thing. But it's good. So, did you, did you see Max, Max Mayer's post match interview? Oh, the penalties question. Yeah, was no, oh, he was yeah. asked about there could have been two penalties, yeah. and his response was going, "But yeah, we did a lot of training on penalties, yeah. so we were prepared." If, yeah. You know, and he kind of <laughs> he clearly he wasn't that. listening because she, <laughs> she answered it. It was complete. The question was completely out of context. It was yeah. out of nowhere, and suddenly, and he just wasn't paying attention. Because they said afterwards, because both him and Schluppy were kind of looking at the floor mid distance, yeah, obviously, yeah. but. And he just he just clearly heard the word penalties and went, oh yeah yeah we've practiced them yeah yeah. Well, look, speaking right. about Sh- Schluppy and Meyer, the they b- were the big question. They, I mean, yeah, Second if you want to, they were yeah. certainly the handball, Second the um, laughable where he's sliding down yeah. when he then clutched his face and yeah. returned his hit minute. It's embarrassing. Um, the big question, of course, from Fogden Stom, Hi, Fogden. is: Would you rather fight one Jeffrey Schlupp sized Max Meyer or two Max Meyer sized Jeffrey Schlupps? Well, from what we've heard about Jeffrey Slup's ability to pick up defenders and bench press them, yeah, I think I'd probably hang on. No, I'd have the mayor side. No, the you'd have Schlupp. the, the Slup size mayor. Yeah, can I say this is the sort of question we've been lacking on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm slightly what? concerned by <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> these are the sort of questions we should put Yeah, we used to get loads of these back we in the did, day, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question. I, I'd go. Schlupp sized Meyer. I I, think. Schlupp seems a more peaceful man to me, though, somehow. Meyer seems to be the sort of once you start a fight with him, you'd have to finish it. <laughs> Whereas Schlupp, I reckon, would go through a token effort and then shake your hand and go, well, Yeah, exactly. We yeah. good? Yeah, I, we're I good. I think, uh, by the way, going back to Kev's point about 
606 of the FA mm. Cup. They might have missed off the fact that a player that gets relegated loses 50% of his salary generally yeah, at most, yeah. Yeah. Well, most yeah. clubs. So that yeah, might also point. give him a good reason yeah. not to want to get relegated. But he hadn't, he hadn't dissed the FA Cup at all. He said no. in the, previously in the comment, that's what's so annoying about it. He said in the conversation previously, of course we want to get to Wembley. It'd be brilliant for us and for these fans. But... Yeah. In the final analysis, if I could only choose one, I would choose to stay up. Which, which is, is a fair which, logical which conversation yeah. we had on Friday, Friday yeah. wasn't it? Um, yeah. Let's round up then from Sun A. Hi, Sun. Who says, um, by all accounts, a lot of fans going to the Doncaster game had an absolute mare getting there. Yeah, Selzy and I were two of them. Um, but done the club proud. What, in your memory, was the hardest away game to get to? I remember, well, I remember the train breaking down on the way back from the playoff first leg at Blackburn. Oh, really? We got back. It broke down just outside Blackburn Station for about four hours in Ouch. what we described as bandit country at the time. Yeah. And it was still, it was old, yeah, there was old fashioned windows with wire in that weren't meant to break. They, they broke. <laughs> they very much broke that. Wrexham Away was, remember a Wrexham Away game? That was about 1977, wasn't it? No, not like the that? evening one. Oh, when oh, we okay. won, we had to win to, to go up. But it was about 1985, it was only about 80 so we were padlocked. The special was a carriage at the back of a normal train. Really? It was padlocked, so we couldn't get out of the of the door. And they'd let us bring beer in, but there's no toilet, so that was quite a difficult. <laughs> difficult Had to reuse the bottles a bit on the way out. Oh, grim! But it's different. It's different when you're young, though, because it's all part of the fun in a way. It's kind of if you just sort yeah. of turn up and. Well, so, what was your problem? Don't was a first class fall. Was that your problem? <laughs> 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 Why don't you stop at Watford see your oh. mates here? I might watch, do. I might, watch, I might start doing a Watford podcast instead. Yeah, I'll just nice. leave this one and do a Watford yeah. pod instead. What's yours, George? You... I, 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 Highbury when we got relegated. Oh. Because I was, I, I think I was pretty hammered before the game. Oh, no, and I couldn't really find... I didn't know where you are going. <laughs> I can remember as a kid going to Carlisle on a Tuesday night. I think I was at school as well. So I think I either missed school and then still went the next day even though I got back at about half past six in the morning or something stupid. But you, you know, must have seen in your professional capacity, you must have been to some I've, games with like literally two men and a dog in well, the crowd. I was telling Jim when we were driving back, like when Steve Koppel took over, I was about 14 and I used to go to the games then as a kid and uh, I think the night we beat Sheffield United, his first win at Bramall Lane, a spectacular late goal from uh, Tony Mahoney after your friend Jerry Murphy had scored cool. the equaliser. Great name. I think we had 28 fans really? there that night at, wow. the, at the game. And the following week, I think we played away to Sunderland in the Milk Cup, as it was. It was the year they got there in 85, so the early rounds were in 84. We lost 2-1 Roker Park on a Tuesday night. I think Roger Wilde scored both the goals for Sunderland. And when we arrived, the police turned up to give a big escort and realised there was only 30 fans there. <laughs> so they pulled up two police vans and everyone got in the back and got a lift to the turnstile. So that was probably uh, some of the more unusual experiences. Well, it's a little bit different to how it is now. Put there it was that a way. Cardiff away game in the 80s when we relegated them. If we hadn't won, there's only about 200 of us. But the police escort afterwards just waved and said, good luck, lads. <laughs> really? Yeah, good luck at the station. We stand, it was down. That was like we, and we generally thought they were joking. Then, but that's where most my favourite Palace instant. Me and my mate, because we were kind of incognito, uh, and it, they still knew we weren't from Cardiff because our clothes matched, <laughs> and our hair didn't look like been cut by the council. But we we were keeping our, we were keeping quite a low profile. But we were on this like tea. We, so we thought we'd be clever, 
And we went, so we were waiting for the train on platform four. We thought, I oh, will get a platform nine. That'd be, that'd be miles away. Yeah. And we suddenly saw all these Palace fans running on the track, running down the railway line, followed by a load of Cardiff fans. And then about a minute later, the Cardiff fans running back, followed by the Palace fans. And we were clapping, going, well done, lads. <laughs> and then, of course, there was a train coming. So, because we thought the Palace fans had turned on the Cardiff fans, but it turned out they're both running from the, <laughs> from the train that was coming Sounds on like the Sounds like a bloody Laurel and Hardy sketch. Kind of gentler days. Yeah, well, happier days in yeah. some ways. Took your life in your hands going to every game. Exactly well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the pitches were sh- that hybrid game you talk. I got chucked out of that game. Uh, my that mate Phil Huffer did yeah, as well. Yeah, but they, um, I was accused of terrorist-related activities because I had a, a rucksack with me, which is also, and I was very drunk and yeah. aggressive. <laughs> That was a horrible day, that one, wasn't it? Different times, different times. Um, Let's move on. Thank you for your questions. We've got loads more coming up in part two. So join us in a bit. Podcast. Hey. Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board of your needs. Go to Vector Cody K. Vector with Okay. And this will be interesting. JC and Associates. London. He does something different now and he'll tell you about it at some point. But you can find out from his website. Hour, I can't remember. His website, jcassociateslondon.com. Go to it. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, John, in your. If you can remember, of course. Seamless. In your, in your professional experience, how long does it take for a brand recognition to change now? Are we talking. It, it can. It, m- months. No, really? it can, actually, it could be weeks. If you look at a lot of the digital brands at the moment, oh. like Slack and yeah. Uber, and all, they, they, they all change something. It would be uproar for a couple of, you know, for a few days on social media, and then everyone will everyone just, just get used to Everyone it. just get used to it and go back and play. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. You don't don't care if don't worry. Don't right, I've got, uh, <laughs> before we get into our questions, you kids. we've got a tweet from James. <laughs> Hi, James. Hi, James. He says, please give the FYP team wish John and Natalie good luck for their wedding on Thursday. Huge power. Palace fans and avid pod listeners. Aww. Hashtag Hillager time. Hashtag CPFC. Um, good luck. Good luck, good John, luck. And Natalie. John and, and Natalie. And the start of your beautiful adventure together. Absolutely. Have a great day. Um, and tell we, them to let us know how it goes. Yeah, I'm sure it'll go fine. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't <laughs> we all thought that about your wedding, but you know. And it went fine. It was, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was all right. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was no, good. Of course, day. it would go far. We, thought, we want to hear about it. We want, we want to hear, hear about. Well, they could tweet us a photo, maybe. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be nice, lovely. Tweet it's us like a we photo. want to hear about the guy's Lithuanian dad or who's living in Lithuania, remember from Friday? Yeah. Who's watching Palace in Lithuania now? I've forgotten about that as well. Of course, you had. You'd forgotten the name of JCIS. Oh, I've forgotten it now as well. <laughs> um, listen, we've also JC had... and Associates. Yeah. JC and Associates. We've also had a <laughs> message <laughs> from uh, Michael Dennis Middleton. Hi, Michael. He says, Hi, guys. Can we promote the ladies' team a little bit here? I've been to their last two games and found the standard pretty good versus Spurs and Durham. We'll be at their game tomorrow, which is Thursday against Lewis. £5 or £2.50 for season ticket holders. I see that Bakary Saka is going as well. Um, and he also says, P.S., are we going for the Marathon March hat-trick this year? That's a different question. Um, but no, yeah. Yeah, we are going for that, yeah. Yeah, we are. We've signed up for it already. Oh, have we? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Did you not know that? And, uh, no. Okay. I've really hurt my shoulder, actually, too far, so I might be... Yeah, um, well, you don't walk with your shoulder, do you? That's a fair point. We'll get Jeffrey Schlapp to lift you up for 26 miles. Bench press you all I would happily do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. Okay, I would do it for that. I would go to the ladies' team tomorrow, but I'm hoping to be invited to a wedding. <laughs> but yeah I mean if people can get down and support the ladies team then that's you know good prices um, 
And yeah, I think they'd appreciate the sport. You of need course. to say where, where, where they're playing tomorrow. They play so at Bromley, Bromley, Bromley FC, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, support them. Yeah, we should be supporting them because if the, if the women's FA had their way or the FA women, whatever, they wouldn't have been in the league in the first place. So that's true. We should be supporting them. I think they recently got their star striker back as well. Yeah, exactly. Jim yeah. Bryan. Yeah. 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 Well, also, the other thing as well we should say about women's football is that it's. It, unfortunately, it's probably never going to be able to compete with the Premier League because no sport can. But at grassroots level, women's football is, is brilliant. Yeah, it's doing a fantastic job. It, it, all sorts of ways for the young girls of Croydon. It's very difficult to reach a lot of girls in different ethnic groups, different class groups. But the women's football teams, both on the foundation and the Palace ladies, are growing and growing. And I think that's the level that they really need to be supporting. Obviously, the the first team, but that's the level that they really need. Helping growing, but absolutely. So, if you're able to get down on Thursday yeah. night, then um, I'm sure they'd appreciate your support. Now, we've had a lot of questions about the FA Cup and mm-hmm. about Watford away, obviously, which we've drawn in the quarterfinal. Mr. Cadbury's Parrot, hi, Mr. Cadbury's Parrot, says he's prolific these days, isn't he's he? He's very prolific, yeah. You, you two probably don't remember, you don't get that. It's a what Cadbury's Parrot, yeah, it was an advert. An advertising campaign in the How 70s. long ago was that? 70s. 70s, I mean, yeah. I was born in 1970, so I've got no mm. excuse, but I can't say I remember it. Just so people at home wonder okay. why he's chosen such a strange that, name. Didn't they have an ape and some drums or something? And oh, that's very well. That was Duracell. That was Duracell. That was Cadbury's, wasn't it? Didn't mm. they have a yeah, playing the in the air Collins. tonight yeah. or something? Yeah, Dairy Milk. Terry yeah, Mill. that's it. That's the only market we've got. We are really so a lot of brands power, out there. It's the power of branding, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. Or yeah. Or yeah. Battery. Is that one of the two? I right. can't remember. Chocolate Cigar. or batteries? Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cadbury's Parrot says, uh, is Watford away in the cup a good or bad draw for us? I'm coming round to good. What do we reckon? I, I think we all wanted to avoid Mill and Brighton and probably Watford at this stage. I think Swansea at home would have been the yeah. best draw. I think there's an edge to the Watford games now that probably wasn't there two or three seasons ago. There's been some... Well, ever since the playoff, probably, where they're still smarting about Wilf's supposed dive to get a penalty. Which was not a dive. No, and I think Watford fans have probably done more than any other group of fans to to keep the narrative of Wilf being a diver going. And some of Troy Deeney's comments haven't helped. And it was a very bad-tempered game early in the season. And as we all know, something happened at half-time. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, have been I, it's, it's a winnable game. It's 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 definitely a winnable game. It's not a uh, it's not. A, you know, you get to the quarterfinal, you, your chances are you're going to be getting a decent team. So decent team, yeah. Quite pleased to avoid Wolves, to be perfectly honest, as well. So. Yeah. Although we did beat them recently, yeah, and we've actually lost home, to Watford yeah. twice. Well, I think we've been better than Watford in both the games that we've been beaten in this year. So, I think Ben Foster's won them the game both times. Yeah. And so, I don't think it's a terrible draw and a chance for us to. Put things straight, we should have been out of sight of Vicarage Road before yeah. they were even in the game, plus the sending off. And <clears throat> the game turned at Sellhurst uh, with the cross that Wayne missed, the header at the back post, because up to that point they never looked like scoring a goal. So uh, a side of a sort of early flurry. So I think it's not a bad draw, and one certainly that we're capable of doing yeah. it. JC? I agree with Selzy. I think there is something about Watford, as you've mentioned, JD, about that they, they do get into a little bit of a tiz. Um, but the tiz sometimes seems to work for them. Hmm. And I think this yeah. season, yeah, I, was, I was really disappointed how we, were, we responded to it. I thought that it got under Zaha's skin a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, I thought Troy Deeney made Tompkins look terrified. And, and I think that there's something there, the psychology may be set in a little bit. And what, what especially Watford fans know that they can run with it. And this is especially they've got a bloke, an adult male, who dresses up as a <laughs> yellow and black flea. He's been fired, hasn't he? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they'll get someone else, yeah. you know. But um, so in, in that sense, I'm, I am, I am a bit kind of concerned. It's more about how we respond to it. If we respond properly, we will win. Um, I, I was probably, to be honest with you, my eyes were more on Brighton and Millwall who yeah. they were going to, yeah. and I was gutted that they drew each other. But anyway, so I do think, think that, I think Selzy that you like to see Kelly and Dan play in this game, or do you think it will be first team from now on? Don't know. Honestly, don't know. I think a bit could depend on what happens in the next few league, league games, games yeah, first. Yeah. If we win the next three league games, <coughs> that takes... How many points we got? 20, what? Seven? 27. Yeah, that would take us to 36. It probably... 38 should keep that, us up. That I'd should say. sort of influence things um, accordingly. But again, not said to you, what is our, our strongest team? Mm. That's the million-dollar question. Because, again, if you ask... Most of our fans at the moment, it's got 18 players in it. So uh, I think the back four, I think 98% the Palace fans would choose exactly. the back four. And I think, I think the, back, the, four, yeah. back, four, I the think. back four is, is probably the, the clearest. But yeah. as we've seen, and I said to you earlier, if James Tompkins was injured for four weeks yeah, and Scott gone. Dan played, and Scott Dan played very well, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't rule out the chances of Scott Dan holding that spot down again yeah, in his own right. I, think, I don't think... There is a massive difference between Scott Dan and uh, James Tompkins. I think they're both very, very good. And I think Scott Dan was brilliant for us and yeah. was a very good signing and has been. And it's only the fact that he's injured and James Tompkins has done so well in the period of time that he's been here. Perhaps people then sort of think in their mind that maybe there's a there's a bit of a bigger gap than perhaps there is just because of, you haven't seen him so much. But... I don't. I don't think there is a huge difference between comes those back, two John, players. Because the start of the season, after four or five games, I was arguing that Riedewald always had to be in the bench yeah. because he was a backup <coughs> centre back, and we we didn't. We had two fit centre back, arguably, and now we've got four. Because you wouldn't be. It wouldn't break your heart if Kelly had to start a game. No, any com- any He's combination really of, improved. Uh, any, yeah, any combination of those four centre backs, you, you, you wouldn't do, be too worried. I, I agree, but I do. Uh, firstly, I think with Dan, I think he's the most threatening. Centre back for corners and set, set pieces, plays, yeah. yeah, set plays. I think he's we've missed him actually. He's in got the, more yeah. of a goal in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I do think though there is a click between Tompkins and Sacco, Sacco yeah. that that because they're playing together more often, there is those would always be my starting two. But so, I mean, as a you know, goalkeeper would would they be talking to Guy to say who would you prefer to play with? No, they wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have a a, a say on that. I think. Roy, he seems quite loyal and that providing people are doing it and aren't letting him down and he fancies them, he doesn't always change too much. And I know that that's a, a frustration for some people, but if you think, you know, again, that most of our performances this year have been pretty good and pretty consistent, I would argue. So you're not coming away from the games thinking, change him, change him, change mm. him. You know, you're not thinking about wholesale changes every time you come away. And you were talking about the striker earlier, you know, who is our best striker? And I've, I've been reading and hearing some bits the last few days about the way that Roy plays 
doesn't suit strikers and no one ever scores a lot of goals in Roy's team. Well, two things. We're serving up what I think in the home games, particularly against the sort of next 14 after the top six in the Premier League, where we're we're serving up sort of 25 and 30 plus chances, chances yeah, in the game. So yeah, yeah. no one can argue that there is an opportunity for, for forwards to score goals. And our expected goals says that we should be eight points better off yeah, in the yeah, league, yeah. which again suggests that, you know, his team is quite mean in one sense and has a mean streak, but can create chances. I think it's it's pretty, pretty good. You know, I think if we'd have had a a very decent goal scorer during the course of the season, if one of those strikers had been prolific and fit and so on for us, I think we'd be the next best team in the in the league outside of the big six, really. I on, on the keepers, so just going yeah. back a bit, uh, we had a question from Man Feelings. Hi, Man Feelings. Hi, Man says, um, <laughs> do we think that Roy will stick with Wayne? You know, now we're in the quarters, right. heading forward, or do we think that he'd bring Guaita back in? Uh, well, he said after the game, I think, didn't he, that he would stick with Wayne, which caused a bit of an uh, outcry among the... Uh, the uh, Is that fair for him to do that? <sighs> well... It depends. I mean, you know where my loyalty stand, where the goalkeepers are concerned, so I don't need to, to say any more than that. But in, in respect of... I mean, Wayne as a goalkeeper, his strength is his kicking and uh, and his distribution in that sense, which is always long and powerful. Um, I think as a keeper, his feet are not great in terms of his speed around the goal. And I think Dean Kiley, when he came in, did a bit to try and help with that and, and will work, you know, on all of these type things, you know, not specifically, but obviously I know the type of work that Dino does and that will probably help somewhat and that might have been why you've seen a bit of an improvement in that respect. But I think the things that people talk about with goalkeepers, there are mistakes and there are mistakes and... The ones that are just sort of one-off mistakes don't really bother you too much because a handling error or... I mean, people refer to the mistake that Wayne made at Aston Villa a few years ago. He dropped the ball through his hands and his legs. That, although it's horrendous, actually doesn't trouble me very much in the respect of it doesn't happen all the time it's not a regular problem he you know you're gonna have, he couldn't do it again. well no but <laughs> what i'm saying to you you have these one-off moments where one slipped through your hands <laughs> or through your legs and all that sort of stuff what what i found more interesting is this sort of theory that wayne is beaten by all these wonder goals all the time which I'm not sure they are all wonder goals. I think it's just sometimes where his feet aren't quick enough mm. before he steps into the save that he gets beaten by things that ordinarily you wouldn't be beaten. That I mean, Wayne for me isn't it has his strengths. He's not similar to Guaita in style. Guaita has proven in the respect that he's a bit more Julian style in 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 the sense that. He will pull out the big saves, you know, and he's won us some points where he's pulled out big saves. And and I think that it's all very different. I mean, Wayne got quite a lot of criticism after the game on Sunday, which... Did he? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were... Really? There was even a campaign to make sure that he he couldn't play and people starting a petition and things like that. That's I mean, embarrassing. I just... I mean, there's... I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, he wasn't... 
he didn't, you know, I thought he actually handled the ball he quite was, well in general. He came, you know, he I, came I, off I, his I line. Didn't, His problem I didn't is, though, Selzy, and I do feel for him, you know, when Julian made the mistake against Liverpool, it's probably the only visible mistake I can remember Julian making. You know, the, the second goal, wherever it was. Yeah. was he, all Hennessy's mistakes are just, they're massive. It's like the Watford, you mentioned the Watford one earlier. How did he end up on the wrong side of the post, on off the pitch? I mean, he, he, it's not just little errors. And that's why I feel sorry for him, because that's where the spotlight's on him. But the, there's a lot of Premier League clubs that are having a cup goalkeeper, aren't they now? Yeah. You've got a Premier League goalkeeper. Again, how do, goalkeeper, how do you keep like, them all happy? You well, know, you, you have these goalkeepers, and, and everyone who sits on the bench in the Premier League in the old days will be playing in the Championship or whatever, or the level. And obviously we've had a bigger influx of foreign goalkeepers in that time um but i think you have to you have to try and keep them happy in the respect of giving them some game time as you do with the with the rest of the squad because if they're not going to play cup games what are they doing there really i th- I, I mean I, I agree my only concern about playing hennessy in the core finals if palace get through to the semis do we play hennessy and you know, let's say Palace get through to the final, then all of a sudden history books, you know, there's a big thing, right? And I, I don't know if I could back Roy keeping loyal to Hennessy or to any of the, other of those players if we got through to the semis or the final mm. without playing the strongest possible team out there that, that, that we have. So I think that's... It, it, my, my issue about Hennessy playing the quarters now is if we get through... Yeah. You'd have to yeah. play him in the semis. How far does the loyalty go? Well, that's well, always just... a, a difficult one. I mean, and if you go back to the Tottenham game, Julian was the man of the match yeah, and we yeah. won the Tottenham game. That's true. Yeah. And it's his 40th birthday on cup final day, so I that think it would be a that, nice fitting that, way that, to uh, you know, put it all together. Yeah. The stars are aligned. But, but you, <laughs> well, I think Hennessy, and I don't know him, you obviously do. To me, Hennessy, see, as long as he's Wales, his number one keeper, I don't think Hennessy would that be, would that be fussed about sitting on Palace's bench. It doesn't give the impression of being someone who's drivingly ambitious. He's, he is Wales' number one keeper, and, he, and he's still fairly young, so he's going to have that job for a while. I think he seems to be happy at a Premier League club, and I don't think it would seem to bother him if he didn't. But I still I mean, would have... For me, Julian is still second-choice keeper. I think, I, I think I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a bit concerned with Guaita and Hennessy. I'm concerned, concerned with their haircuts. <laughs> there's the bleach oh, I, like, now. I like that yeah, I, I like don't the know bleach. that works yeah I'm a big fan of Hennessy's that Hennessy's one I think that might have an impact on his aerial command sometimes yeah. the kind of but um, Julian wouldn't do it how, how tall is Gaeta because I mean he's similar size to Jules I think right yeah 6'1 six, 6'2 six, he might be a fraction taller Jules about 6'1 well, talking about the haircuts, did you accept Julian's ponytail back in well, the day? Then? I, 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 I didn't want to mention that because I thought I might be crossing a sacred line. <laughs> no, it's all right. He won't mind. No, I told him he's, yeah. Maria's his middle name, so right, yeah, he's yeah. got a woman's it, middle it, name. It's, so. a, it's a Christian middle oh, name. Boy, yeah. Okay, uh, I think we should move on from that. What um, a great story that would be, though. He's 40 on cup final. That's right? great, yeah. I think that's right. I think the cup final is on the 18th of May or yeah. something. It is if, indeed, if, yeah. Yeah, that's his 40th birthday. You know, I said on Friday that yeah. we were discussing Premier League FA Cup and I was, I was, I was so, at the Tate Modern yeah, yeah. you listen to <laughs> Japanese jazz but I was saying yeah, I was, I'm an older man as like, fantasy, in my fantasy it's always Julian who's lifting the cup <sighs> yeah that'd be great but it would be it would be yeah. nice because the chances are that he probably won't be at Crystal Palace next year I mean that's not certain right. I mean everyone I keep reading people saying 
he's going to retire at the end of the season. As I've said before, that's not his intention at all. And obviously it depends on Crystal Palace's stance at the end of the season. And but who the manager is. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there are lots of factors. Yeah. I mean, even if they want to sign Lucas Perry after his spell here um, and they have that option at about three million or whatever it is. Is he only on loan? Yeah, it's yeah. only a loan I until... I think they've loaned him until the summer and then they have to decide they've got an option to buy. What's the word on him at the moment? Yeah, it seems okay, I think. Right. Yeah, they, they qualify. But again, you would be in a position where, depending on what happens with Wayne Hennessy in the summer, whether he's still here or happy to be second choice or however it plays out the rest of the season, um, you've got the situation where even if you have Lucas Perry as your third choice goalkeeper, you still have a third choice goalkeeper that's never played a senior game of football, which is not easy. So in some ways, you would still in the situation that you needed to call on the third choice goalkeeper, prefer him to have a level of experience, which for my money, even if you do want to sign the guy and you see him as a very good long-term asset, if he doesn't go out and play football anywhere, he's probably not going to be ready to do it. So you would still be in a position probably, even if you sign him where if you're being sensible, you should stick him out on loan somewhere to play and have still an experienced goalkeeper, whether that's Julian or somebody else, to be around the squad to call upon if needed. So it's a tricky one. It is. Um, listen, let's wrap up uh, the part two questions because I really need a wee. Um, with a question <laughs> about uh, the rivalry, which you touched on briefly at the start of part two, from Jamie Penston Raja. Hi, Jamie. Who says, am I the only one starting to care more about this potential fledgling rivalry with Watford than the historic Brighton one? Playoff FA Cup meetings alongside their obsession slash hatred of Wilf. Also, they try to call themselves a London club. I don't think they do. They're a Hertfordshire Hertfordshire club and they would not like being called London club. I'm with you, Jamie. They will never replace the Brighton. I'm sorry, Sir, obviously to upset your (laughs) second favourite club. Of course. (laughs) But no, but there is certainly an edge to it. Are you enjoying the edge? I don't like any sort of... I'd rather just play a club and beat them and move on. But uh, yeah, but it means it would be more satisfying if we do beat them. But it used to drive my dad up the wall. If, when Watford were on the big match, the goalkeepers wearing gloves that used to drive them. Up. We, we've had this cricket. <laughs> God, the Oxford would never live in without it. Who was, it? Who no, was that was keeper it. in the eighties? That Steve Sherwood. Sherwood. How was he? But he, if Watford, he used to. Why? Are the, why on earth are they on London? The big match. They're not, not a London, London club. But then once they were on like the third game, and it was like Midlands or whatever it was. Central TV coverage. He's going. That's where they. Should, that's where they belong. Or Southern. It used to drive him up. There's a lot of things drove my dad up. <laughs> But that was in the... Uh, well, they got a heart on... You know, the, the, everyone thinks they've got a, 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 a moose yeah. or whatever. Like it's, a it's a heart from yeah. Harpertshire. Yeah. 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 They, uh, in that period, obviously, they had a very successful spell. John Barnes, so, yeah. Nigel Kelly and Luther Blissett. And uh, mm. they were a very good... So I think they finished second in the they league, did. didn't they? To yeah, Liverpool in about 82. Yeah. Taylor, yeah. One of my pals went and played there and he played 13 times there. One of my close friends now, he's in his mid-50s now and he... He played in an FA Youth Cup tie in the 80s for Red Hill oh, yeah. against uh, Watford. I think Watford beat them 9-1 and they signed my pal after the game. Oh, and uh, What was his name? David Johnson, his name yeah. was. And he had uh, he made his debut in 84, 83 for Watford at Old Trafford, believe it or not. And that was, uh, they used to do those kind of things then when they didn't have huge squads yeah. and stuff. And he... Uh, he ended up going on to play for Peterborough and uh, Dover and a few others, non-league, locally, white leaf and stuff. But uh, 
yes, yeah, that spell was, you know, Watford's great. He tells me some great stories. Mm. They were in a in China one year on a pre-season tour and uh, Elton John was there. One night they were all in the hotel and he went and sat at the piano and they all sat around the piano. Well, he gave them an impromptu concert. Wow. Like, Lovely. You know, fantastic. That was a good, those days are great. So on that, on that note, I don't yeah. think Watford are rivals. No. <laughs> No. Well, they weren't. You know, in the old days, you had to go through the allotments to get to the away. Yeah. You remember? These yeah. huge allotments. You really? Had to go, and then there's yeah. all these signs saying, please don't pick the cabbages. <laughs> Which is to an away fan. You go, well, you obviously you want us to pick the cabbages, didn't you? It's just too tempting. I can't sense the hostility, JC, at uh, Vicarage Road like it is when you walk in at the new den no, or, no, 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 no. or the I mean, Amex or yeah. something. Well, I think you know. the, yeah, it's exactly. interesting. We're the, we're the early kickoff, aren't we? On the Saturday? 12.15. And I think. I mean, our away end, we'll have the whole end. So, yeah. again, all the noise will be coming yeah. from, from our end. I a Wilf penalty in the 86th minute, yeah. that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? But not Decided him. by VAR. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd rather somebody else was fouled for it. But, he... <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is there will be an edge to it and the media will be, the build-up to that game, the media will, will really will. play yeah. on that. Well, they, they, but there yeah. should be an edge. Let's yeah, have, so we need edges. Final. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I yeah. You're absolutely right. But Palace Mill would have been more... Yeah. But maybe for the final. Okay, well, look, let's <laughs> move on to... I'm sure you're talking more about this in the future. Let's move on to part three. We're going to preview Palace's trip to Leicester on Saturday. So join us then. Welcome back to part three of the FYP podcast. Hey. Hey. Sponsored hey. by Vector. Hey. <laughs> Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing what you need to go to Vector Code okay. It's Vector okay. and <laughs> Jesus. JC and Associates London visit <laughs> jcassociateslondon.com I will hey, hey, that London bit on the end does that mean the taxpayer <laughs> pay for your website <laughs> <laughs> right uh, Leicester away on Saturday the 5.30 kick off Kevin uh, we went there won 3-0 last year yeah yeah. Arguably our best performance of the season. I haven't said that. We smashed them five nil at home as well. So eight, maybe eight nil on aggregate yeah, last two year. Two of our best Tremendous, performances. Yeah. Um, they're a funny old team, Leicester, aren't they? You don't always know which one's going to turn up. But are, are you confident going into this Saturday's game? I'm never 100 percent confident going into any Palace game, but I'm probably more confident going into away games and home games at the moment. It's strange with Leicester fans. It's, I don't. Whenever I see Leicester, they seem like an entertaining attacking side, but. They really don't like their manager. They really want... In a, in a strange sort of way, this is going to sound odd, winning the Premier League was kind of like the worst thing that's happened to them. Everything else since is an, yeah. anti, is an anti-climax and they're just going to blame the manager. I, f- I think I, I think it's a game where we can get a point at the very least. I think our waveform is good. They do like to attack teams, which, which will play into our hands and everyone talks about Puel being defensive but the figures don't really stack up that way they do try and have a go but their fans are quick to get on their back so you know they are they don't like they don't like PL do they, they just don't and I you know, I can see as, as street email I've, you can see I've written the fixtures out it's got to that stage of the season <laughs> it's happened but it's that's one that I've marked down as a definitely a potential point or maybe three I think the interesting thing is uh, and we've had the discussion what is whether Schlupp starts or not. For me, Schlupp starts. JC does Schlupp start. And, also, and obviously Wolf is is back in. You'd imagine he'd 
play ahead of are you Jesus well yeah. obviously <laughs> you would <laughs> let's hope so yeah. obviously you'd hope that half past four on a team sheet comes obviously, out. No, obviously you would sorry over, uh, <laughs> one Bissaka no uh, yeah I mean I mentioned this before Schlupp I think he should start but it would have to be MacArthur um, making way so um, but I think um, I think Leicester will be up, really up for this I don't know I think they've been humiliated twice last season I wouldn't mind giving you a bit of a go against us. But I, I agree with you, Kev. I think that if we came away with a point, um, that's what we need to be doing at the moment. Yeah. We need to be chipping away, um, getting those points. There, there is nothing, I think, regardless of who we're playing on Saturday, it would be, I think it's really important that Benteke or Betchwai score a goal. Yeah. And I think there's that kind of psychological play that will, it won't take that long for it to build up again. Yeah. If one of those two don't yeah, start scoring, very the, true. The yeah. BBC are already putting the pressure on Batshuayi halfway through the second half on Sunday, saying he's missed a golden opportunity to open his account. It was his debut; it was his first time he's actually started a game. First, yeah. And we don't necessarily play up to him, and he he did have that one good chance. I think the other important thing about the Leicester result: if we do win, I think we're only two points behind them or three points. Oh, I was going to say really that. I think we're six in. at the moment, aren't we, yeah. Leicester? Yeah. Six points, so well, if we won, them, we get it down to yeah. three. If they win, it becomes nine, yeah. which but this, is a big yeah. gap to bridge for the rest of the season. Just, just, well, I five, think we're five already, points behind five, yeah. Isn't it? I think we already need to finish top of that mini league table, don't we? That's that. The, but I think the Slut McCarthy thing, though, is it's like who would you rather have if you're one nil down? Would you rather be bringing McCarthy on or Slut? To try and win it back if you're one nil up? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think yeah. we can have that. Ta- uh, I think if you're 1-0 down, you're more likely to call on Max Meyer exactly. and you would Maybe, probably yeah, say, yeah. do you know Maybe, what? Yeah. We have to sacrifice a defensive player, whatever it is, to, to try and unpick goal, yeah. the lock at the other yeah, end yeah. of the pitch. You know, well, And that's where I could see him being used. I mean, less, well, but that's... But why not clean it up and then bring defensive Yeah, but there's always know. those arguments, Kev, isn't right. there? You know, why don't we really go for the game and see if we can be 3 0 up? But we could be 3 0 down yeah, by yeah. then. So yeah, you've yeah. got to stay in the game always. Which is always Roy's, Roy's tactic, way, yeah. you know, and make sure that he's in it. Going back to Leicester, I think they've got some very good players. And I think Claude Puel, as you said, isn't popular, but it's a little bit of a transition going on there. They've got quite a young team. Mm. They were very good against Tottenham the other day. Yeah, and they were beaten, but undeservedly beaten. You know, they had their moments and their chances, and I quite like a few of the young players they've got there. Harvey uh, Harvey Barnes, oh, particularly, I saw him at West Brom earlier in the season. Very good player, I thought. You know, looks a real threat. Madison's good. Um, Madison, good, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Damari Gray. They're not short on quality. You know, they've got a a, a good squad, um, but. As I always believed that every game in the Premier League, from Manchester City down, Liverpool, we're capable of beating anyone on our day. So there's nothing to... I don't fear playing anybody. And that's, like I said to you the other day, testament to to how far we've come with Steve Parrish in charge, really. You know, the squad we've built and what we have at our disposal. And these really are, for us old-timers, you're a bit younger than us, JD, but... Uh, the golden Thanks. years really watching Crystal Palace in, mm. in the time I've not seen a team that's so fluent that creates so many chances that's got so many good players you know there there really isn't too much to complain about although 
that doesn't seem to stop uh, <laughs> our fan base. Well, Simon Jordan, that's the nature of football fans. Simon Jordan famously um, said, didn't he, that uh, I could sign Cristiano Ronaldo mm. and someone would write me a letter saying the hot dogs were shit, didn't he? That was his, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was his favourite well, uh, line. Well, I agree with everything you've just said, but the, the trouble is we are only three points off the third relegation place. That's the, of course. That's the, that's Very the tight, isn't it's it? Really Very tight. tight. I mean, and I still, think, I still think we'll probably finish top of that. Uh, Fulham and Huddersfield are, are gone, and I still think we'll finish top. But it's you'd you'd rather not be having even having that conversation this time. No, I season. agree. But you I know. think I think we'll be we'll yeah, be I okay. Mean, the, the good thing is a way that all the, the five teams below us have all got each, to play each other. They're all playing each other, right? Which is kind of good in its in its way. And we've arguably got the least difficult run. We've we've got United and City. I think they're the only games that you'd say, well, even United. I think City's the only, well, even no. We've got Spurs. 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 No, 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 there's no one. Arsenal yeah. away, haven't we, as well? We've got 27 yeah. points. I think I think 38 will keep us up comfortably. Which I think we'll Which get. Which means we, get, mm. we need we'll 9 right. out of 12 points. I'm disappointed in our right. points total because yeah. we've deserved better. Um, and I think in the last three games, I felt the Southampton and the West Ham games we should have won both of those games and have ended up with a point in both. Yeah. And so had we got another four points now and won three on the bounce, I think we'd have one step, you know, one foot actually staying in the Premier you know, already on yeah. staying in well, the Premier League this season. We're still on the back foot a little bit from October and November, which was terrible. Yeah, the games and Everton, I know Streety still says we played well at Everton. There's a run of games there going into Brighton and West Ham where... We lost six out of seven, and we weren't. I don't care what anybody says. We weren't a good side at the time, and we haven't. Our current form is good, and we know from previous years that this is a time of the year we start to yeah play well. Yeah, I think I think it's all moments, yeah. though, Kev, isn't it? I mean, the Everton game, Lucas missed the penalty at nil nil. You know, if that goes in, perhaps we win that game. You know, the West Ham game, Wayne Hennessy threw two in, really. Yeah. We, we They weren't better than us on the day. No, but still. He made two goalkeeping yeah. errors. The Brighton game... They were better than us. We were, yeah, we were, we, we were yeah. poor, but they had three attempts on target and scored every time. You know, I think the Brighton game was a little bit uncharacteristic for us, I think, you know, under Roy's um, tutelage, really. I think... I'd, 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 I don't think there have been many games this season where I've come out and thought this is really bad mm. or poor or terrible. And as you're talking about in those periods, all of those games, he hadn't a proper striker to call no. upon and so on. And I think that's, you know, the amount of chances in games that we've missed, you know, like we were talking about on Friday, you know, the Watford games alone and the Newcastle game, you know, the... I think MacArthur's and uh, and uh, as I said to you the other day, uh, MacArthur and Sacco's misses I think would have been given us an extra thirteen points or something yeah. crazy like that, you know. And and these weren't just chances; they were sort of guilt edge chances. But this, everyone can say the same, can't yeah. they? You know, everyone sits so there who and says, up front? "If only on who sat- starts on up front?" Ben Teco for me. I reckon it'll be Batshuayi. Just, just my hunch. Nothing more than that. But I'd go Bakary Sacco. Oh, really? Casey, yeah. well, to start. Yeah. Well, to start in front of Benteke and Batshuayi. Yeah. I think Isn't last it? year he was our most effective striker, and I wouldn't be averse to uh, 
to giving him a go. Benteke was excellent at Leicester last season, scored a goal, set up a goal. It was, I think, well, we talked about this on Friday again, John. I know this is all coming as a surprise to you, but I think Bachery, I just think his mobility suits Wilf and Townsend better than Benteke. Mm. I still think when Benteke is a striker, Wilf and Townsend are looking to put crosses in rather than playing the short little balls into Batshuayi. I think Batshuayi could be a really good pivot. But uh, I think he's a good. he looks a good player. The reason I quite fancy Sacco as a centre forward because he can run in behind, he's got legs, but he's also got a physical presence, which, you know, is, you know helps. I think Batshuayi and Benteke, as you were talking about earlier, could be a very good combination. But uh, I'm I'm not so big on Benteke out front on his own because he doesn't stretch the other team by going in behind. So they've all got their strengths and weaknesses again, and again yeah. it's trying to find that that. Comp- I mean, being a centre forward these days is much harder ever than it used to be yeah. because in the old days we we used to pick players up front and in in well basically partnerships up front, central midfield, central yeah, defensively. Yeah. And generally, they were complementary partnerships. You know, the one did what the other one didn't do so well. You know, and you look at, you know, Wright and Bright, for instance, gave us, you know, Bright his intelligence, his hold-up play, his aerial ability, he's clever. Wright, he was instinctive, quick, run off the shoulder, score you some some outrageous goals, but also give you a few tap-ins as well. Now, to be a centre-forward, you've got to be the complete player. You've got to be able to run in behind. You've got to be able to hold the ball up. You've got to be able to finish. You know, it's difficult. And there aren't that many of those type around. So you you generally end up with someone who's not perfect in in every department because those players just don't exist, frankly. Well... Speaking of complimentary partnerships, guys, you've been beautiful oh, to Podwick oh, tonight. It's oh, been absolutely oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you so round much. Up. Well, I knew his, his eyes glaze over when he's looking for a way to finish. <laughs> what <laughs> a segue that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much, lads, for being here. Thank you for listening and your questions. We really appreciate it. Um, the Extra Pod will be with you after the Leicester game good via luck. patron.com, free the pod. And, good luck uh, with you getting married. Good luck to... And John and... Natalie. Natalie. Hey, there memory. We go. Well, well done. Yeah. Good, memory. Good um, memory, yeah. So have a wonderful... Except when it comes to JCI. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> London. <laughs> have a wonderful time, you guys, and have a wonderful rest of the week to our listeners, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.